Kuzang for everyone. Welcome to the Rex podcast. I'm your host Sonam Engden. Few have dared to dream different and found their niche by taking the road less traveled or in literal terms taking the path less traversed. Our next guest is a wanderlust, hitting adventurous high notes by taking us to places in Bhutan we would not have known otherwise. We mostly traversed with her to the most remote and sacred sites in the country, even if virtually. exploring and discovering nature's wonderment local hospitality culture and heritage age old traditions and customs all that makes us truly blessed to be born in bhutan in this episode we are pleased to offer a getaway with miss string denker the woman behind denker's getaway she will walk us through her journey of embracing and venturing into untested waters to pursue her passion with hopes for herself and the country This not only requires having an outlook that goes beyond normal societal expectations and general conformity of a career in life but also resilience to face every curveball with grace. Let's meet the woman herself. Denker, welcome to the Rex podcast. It's wonderful to have you. Thank you Sonam thank you for having me on board it's it's such an honor to be the part of Rick's podcast so so happy to be here and thank you once again for having me la So Denker's getaway is finally a startup company congratulations on that by the way Denker oh God it's 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 such a big word to be saying company but yeah I'm so happy that I do have a small space to call it my office after working for last 3 years working from cafe working from mountains work working from literally from the car i finally have a place and yeah it, it feels so good to have my own space where i can call it my office we are really happy for you as well denka so if you could share something about your new new establishment how you got to this point and the plans ahead you must be really uh, excited i'm sure I am excited but it's a huge responsibility now nowadays when people meet me my friends and family they ask me like oh so what's your office all about uh well i i just have few reasons of why i started to i why i established my office uh, at first place i thought opening office would inevitably add structure in my life so that was the one reason why i decided to establish office and the primary reason why i started my office is because now i really want to get into uh, producing more digital contents which will eventually attribute to digital footprint uh, in the country so i want to take it to next level cuz i have been traveling for last 3 years and all the and i have been producing um travel contents in the form of blog and vlog and i have been working on my own traveling on my own as a solo traveler but now with uh, with my office i also have a very talented group of people working together we have partnered we have videographer we have uh, content producers we have a production uh, manager so now i am looking at a very professional travel content making uh, that would eventually bring more travel documentaries which are very professional in country so that that was the primary reason but besides that uh, you know when when i started blogging and vlogging there was not many people who actually took up this as a career uh, i always wished i have some kind of mentor to whom i could actually go and talk to 
But because there was no vlogger and blog, full-time blogger, I had difficulty finding mentor and sometimes I would feel lost. And there was almost a time where I almost gave up because I didn't know how to make bread and butter out of what I was doing. Now that I can shamelessly say I'm a little comfortable with my life, I earn through blogging and vlogging. So I feel it is my responsibility as one of the first travel blogger to be there for the aspiring travel vloggers because nowadays we have so many youtubers coming up so many youths into travel blogging food blogging fashion blogging and many more so i want to be there for them if if they need my help so i thought maybe my office could be a passion house where i'm just there for the youths if they need any assistance from my side and besides that, nowadays, so many businesses are going digital and they definitely look for a promoter and market uh, marketer. So I have proclaimed myself as self-taught promoter. So I promote businesses, market. I promote and market their businesses, firms and uh, all kinds of products. So that sort of helps me to earn bread and butter. So for, for now, these are all the plans that I have under the pipeline with the new establishment. So now that you mentioned venturing more into digital contents, uh, right? Uh, the use of social media around the world and especially in Bhutan has been a, a contentious subject of discussion. But there is absolutely no denying that it has um, given wings to millions of those who have dared to dream, just like one yourself. And the emerging technologies only add to the untapped um, prospects for travel vloggers and the tourism industry. So what is your take on this, Tinker? Like before, honestly, when I started to blog and vlog, I really did not think or even dream in my life that I would make uh, my career out of this because I did not know the potential of how this digital platform would serve me. But now after being on digital platform for quite some time i see lots of opportunities so like you mentioned it it has definitely given wings uh, to fly it's just that we need to see opportunities but sadly many uh, young youth they fail to see opportunity they think uh, social media platform is just just for fun they just use it for fun but if they really know how to materialize it, uh, there's huge opportunity for me. Uh, social media platform has played like an office to me before even having that structured office. Social media was my office, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. These were the digital platform that I used as a tool to sort of just show the contents that I produced or basically to uh, present that Denker's getaway that is in the market now. So it played a very uh, major role and there's lots of opportunity. Uh, for me being the first one, it's a little hard for, I mean, I can't, I, I can't confidently say I'm earning a lot directly from social media account, you know. Instagram is not paying me directly like Kim Kardashian's or any other Western celebs. Uh, Facebook is not paying me directly, but somehow I use this as a tool to market the products. However, uh, because I have my blog website and YouTube channel, I have finally, finally, after two years, uh, two years, I monetized my website. 
So for now, for now, I have made few dollars. It's less than $100, perhaps less than $50 in my account. So there is opportunity. I feel like we just need to work hard, uh, explore and get to learn of how to actually channelize these resources and make uh, money out of it. Thank you. So I'm sure you also check into your channel analytics um, that tells you about your reach. So how has it helped you curate your content? Well, it has made our life very, very easy. Like we as a social media, I don't know, people like to call it social media influencer, but I think it's a big word. But being uh, dominantly on social media, it helps a lot because now with all this algorithm of uh, channel uh, analytics, we sort of know uh, where to reach, uh, who to engage, how to engage. We also know who our audience are. So the, the simple example is uh, if I want to promote something, some brands or some clothes, you know, Instagram is the best place because all the millennials are out there, like Bhutanese millennials are out there on Instagram. Whereas if you want to uh, post a video which creates awareness, uh, advocates, Facebook is the best platform because we be, we have like people from all walks of life on Facebook. So having this uh, general uh, channel analytics definitely helps. And like I said, it all depends on how you smartly work on social media platform. Thank you, Tinker. And I'm sure that your travel videos have definitely picked the interest of the locals. <laughs> to go on a hike or trek around the country. I personally right. really enjoy and yearn to go into the woods whenever I watch your vlogs. I'm obsessed with woods. <laughs> so am I. So with the tourism sector ultimately putting up the shutters for now due to COVID-19 restrictions, what do you mm-hmm. think are some of the ways to promote domestic tourism in the country? Uh, the first thing is to collaborate with local travel bloggers. <laughs> business on your mind isn't it exactly <laughs> jokes aside Denker. yeah they need to uh, collaborate with local travel bloggers because by collaborating with local travel bloggers and influencers it will only mean that they, they are supporting local people local media printers, uh because like I personally feel uh, not say not boasting myself, but I take this huge responsibility as a tourism student to promote my country because Bhutan, like we are Bhutanese and we we know the best rather than having a foreigner promote our country. Of course, the market differs, but still then first definitely to collaborate with local travel bloggers because they know more. There are so many untold stories. It's just that because of lack of funding, people like us, we really, we really can't reach out to that corner where we wish to go. So yeah, that's one thing. The second thing is, I think now with this pandemic, actually local tourism on good note has drastically increased. We are seeing so many uh, trekkers. We are seeing so many hikers. We are seeing people going on staycations. So I think uh, tour operators and individual guides or stakeholders should keep up the same job. Uh, and when it comes to hoteliers, I think they should also consider a uh, local market. I feel the reason why I'm not saying hoteliers failed, but I, fe- I see so many hotels being shut down, uh, hoteliers uh, having tough time financially. And one of the reasons why I feel they're going through this process is because they ignored local market big time. They ignored local market. So, so my suggestion 
would be to promote local tourism. We, they should also consider local tourists to host local people in their hotels uh, and treat all the local tourists like the real tourists. I mean, like any chilips. So no bias in treatment and hospitality. Other than that, uh, for now, I really don't have any other ways to promote, but we should, there should definitely be a uh, lot of room to sort of uh, collaborate, communicate, and then uh, execute things together. That way, I think it will be easier for everyone to work together, come in harmony and promote Bhutan together. As someone who is part of the tourism sector and the growing creative industry in the country, what are some of the challenges you face in advancing in your fields, be it in terms of policy, regulatory frameworks, or right. the mindset of the people? Anything. Right. Uh, this morning, I read a news on Quinzel and it said to go to Nuktonapata, we will have to get a root permit. So far, it was for free. We could go there, trek, hike. And many people, they have been going to Nuptanapata because the landscape is beautiful. It's amazing. You won't find or you won't see the landscape that we see in Nuptanapata elsewhere in country. And suddenly now we have this restriction. And then I, uh, I was asking myself, we are, all, we are religiously trying to promote domestic tourism in Bhutan. And suddenly when domestic tourism is actually working, when it's actually increasing, why would we have certain restrictions? I mean, of course they have reasons, they might have reason to come up with restrictions, perhaps to uh, stop uh, environment degradation or to save our environment. But still, I was thinking it's very unnecessary. I think I'm not the correct person to be commenting on this, but as, as a solo traveler, as a trekker who just wakes up and wishes to go to mountain, I can't abide by having such rules at first place. And there are so many other regulatory frameworks that we sometimes go against. Uh, one time uh, I got fined for using drone because I, was, I wasn't very much literate about the usage of drone. I did know we can't fly in certain area, but because I saw so many, so many MTVs, uh, few uh, creative industry using drone. So I thought being Genghis Getaway, being a traveler, having intention to promote country, I thought it would be not, it would be okay for me to fly the drone. I flew the drone and I got fined. And I don't blame the good office for uh, for letting me pay the penalty, but I felt sad of how illiterate we are and how illiterate some, you know, I feel it is their responsibility to literate every individual's the do's and don'ts. So it's weird. Sometimes like people like me, I'm a single entity and to, to sort of go against a big institution, it becomes problematic for people like me. So we do face such a, uh, policy issues but however for now it has been very safe for me very safe uh, besides all the permits and the uh, permission required so far it, it has been good luck good and even when it comes to funding uh, although there was lack of collaboration before but now people sort of know my work and stuff so they have they come forward to collaborate so so far it's it's been good luck it's been good Good to know that, Tanker. And we are sure that you will navigate through every challenge with grace. I'll never fly a drone again. <laughs> 
So you have been trekking and hiking around the country a lot. How many country? Uh, how many zongkaks have you covered so far? I think I, I I'm left with three zongkaks. But I'm not in a hurry to like just go and travel to these countries. I feel the more I travel, the less I know. So I, I there's like so many places to go to. Just like taking it step by step. Wow, 17 zongkaks, not bad. So what are some of the um, pertinent uh, observations that you make about our nation and um, the mm-hmm. lessons that you learned so far? Right. Well, there are so many lessons that I learned. First thing, it's like, uh, though we say, oh, Bhutan is a small country, small Himalayan kingdom sandwiched in between China and giant India. I feel this, the more small it is, There's so much to learn inside as we delve into the Himalayan kingdom of Bhutan. I think people will be like in shock or in fact, they'll be fascinated to know so many things that are in Bhutan. And that sort of makes who we are as Bhutanese. Uh, I have learned how rich our culture and tradition are. There are so many rituals in country. And when I see them, I feel like I'm not even Bhutanese. So it's very distinct. There's so many things to learn and see. Even the people, even the local dialects, it's like, I just do, I just thought like it could be only few, five or six uh, main dialects. But as you go delve into local, local, local community, there's like different language which you might not have even heard in your life. So it is that different. It is so different. Uh, but, but uh It's, it's, it's beautiful. The social fi- fabrics in Bhutan is very strong. Uh, if me as a traveler, I have traveled in Southeast Asian countries, I backpacked there and I've spent a lot. Like I spend a lot, even to buy a bottle of water, you have to spend, like, you, you just spend as a traveler. Whereas in country, I can bet on you, I can travel for months and months without having to even spend one neutral. It is That beauty, the beauty of traveling within Bhutan as a local is you can travel for free. Like really you could work for them and they could feed you or even without working. The people are so kind, they're so passionate, they're very giving. So Bhutanese people are very generous. And I, as a solo woman traveler, the question that I get asked is, don't you fear, because you're a woman, how can you travel alone? I tell them being a woman, there's perks in being a woman. People feel they have sympathy or they have this extra care. They show extra care. They show extra love to you as a woman. So I take it as a, a plus point. Rather than being, uh, uh, rather than considering it as a challenge, so it's very safe in Bhutan. It's very safe that I have realized. But but of course, uh, say, saying like all good things about Bhutan, there are some downfalls that I have learned or I've seen, and it still is. I've noticed it uh, three years ago, and when I travel, when I've traveled back, I've still noticed it. Like the internet connectivity that like I work, my office is basically my laptop and my phone. So internet is so important to me. Whereas in Eastern part of Bhutan, the internet connectivity is very bad. And so, so are the road conditions. So I always tell people like we always blame Eastern region for not developing and not getting higher number of tourist visitation. But I feel like it's because of these basic infrastructures that we don't actually receive. So if we want to uh, really regionalize our tourism, uh, arrival of tourism, I think it's so important for the concerned stakeholder, the government, the locals, whoever is responsible to first really uh, develop these basic infrastructures. Well, besides that, um, 
I think all is good. All is good. It's so beautiful to be traveling around Bhutan, getting to know, uh, connecting to our roots. And it is at the same time, it's also sad to see like many old people. I love old people. I The moment if I see old people, I just go and talk to them because I don't have grandparents. So I went to Doroka two years ago and I came across a very old couple uh, sitting outside their hut, like really small hut. And then I went there, went there and talked to them. And then I was basically asking what they were up to and all. And they were in 80s and they were all alone by themselves. And I asked them, like, do you have kids, children? And they said they do. And they said that kids are in town. They love urban areas over uh, rural areas. So it's so, it's so situation, like having seen many families like this sort of saddened me with the fact that nowadays youths, like they're rushing to urban areas. I don't know for why, perhaps for employment reasons, but I feel it's, there's so much of opportunity in rural areas as well. I'm someone who loves to go to mountains, who loves to be in the village, delve in local community. But I think we have more youths who love urban cities. They love to come here. So that's like that's like sadder part that I have noticed. We have old parents at home yearning for the children to come home, but the children's here. These are some of the realities that I've come across. Otherwise, so far, I think there's so much to learn at the end of the day. There's so much to learn. And I still have not, uh, like, I, every time I travel, I just travel. And when I come back, I sit and then I contemplate. Like, then it's like, whoa, it's transformational. It transforms me every time I travel to places. Oh, I'm sure. Thank you so much for highlighting some of their issues and some of their beauties that you have experienced right. in your journey so far. So this is my final question, Denker. As right. the first woman to pursue solo travel vlogging as a full-time career and um, someone into influencer marketing, what is your message for those who want to follow their passion and dreams? Oh, passion. <laughs> it's a big word, isn't it? Uh, passion. I think like Bhutanese uh, society as a whole, like when it boils down to my family, when I first came out to my father uh, saying I want to be a travel blogger and that I wanted to follow my passion. My father raised his eyebrow. Uh, he had hiccup and he, he thought I would never make it. He would ask me questions when I initially started to travel. Like, will you really earn bread and butter? You know, they didn't have confidence in me. But uh, sure enough, my passion was... Uh, my passion detested uh, whatever challenges or challenges or obstacles that I had on my way. Uh, I struggled, I struggled, but I sort of made it because I had my own discipline in life, uh, determination, perseverance, and passion is passion. If you have determination, if you have perseverance, if you have passion in life, I think anything is possible. Anything is possible. The whole universe will work towards reaching your goal. And at the same time, we need to be very uh, uh, positive as well. Like I'm someone who believes in energy. So I can literally like sense your energy. So yeah, positivity counts a lot. It matters a lot. We need to be very positive. If we think like, oh, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, you know, you just make it. If you say like, if you feel like I can't do this, of course you can't do it because you're thinking you can't do it. So positivity, mentality, it matters a lot. So to have a passion, it's easy, but to make your passion the dream that everybody dreams of, it's it takes your 
whole life perseverance uh, determination like i mentioned so yeah you should always follow your passion uh, otherwise you won't enjoy what you're doing because when i started blogging vlogging i never thought of how i would make money i thought of how to entertain my uh, viewers how to educate my viewers so all these things eventually led me to who i am as dengas getaway now so i tell myself i tell people i'm a blogger i'm a vlogger and now i'm a media planner so this is the story of my life for now so yeah Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences so far. It has been really insightful. Thank, thank you once again for having me. It's, it's such an honor, really. With this, we come to the end of our short getaway with Denker. We wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nam. Thank you.